This episode of Rated was brought to you by the new home network sitcom, Volcano Library, coming this fall. For more information, please stay tuned to the middle of our program. This is John. We're happy you're back, Dean. Rick, where are where are we today? What podcast are we on? This is the Rated Podcast, and you know it it's it just feels more appropriate with Dean back, doesn't it? You know, it was just <laughs> oh, you and 100%. I the last time. Uh, <laughs> Dean, we Dean was not with us. Um, not that he died, obviously. He's still here. <laughs> yeah, no, um, not ready for that. Well, <laughs> Love the episode. Uh, of course, I listen to everything. Of course, uh, you know, me and John are, and Rick, of course, we, we produce our own podcast. So uh, we're involved in the audio, even if I'm not here to record. And of course, um, as you heard last week, uh, I had some, you know, different meetings and things to attend to uh, for us. And on behalf, you know, I had to get uh, some of these sponsors, I had to get them under control. I know that um, one of our sponsors actually just witnessed a murder. So I had to go attend to that legal affair. <laughs> But um, guys, I'm really excited. You, you did a great job last week. And of course, I su- supplanted some audio. Um, so before we get into that, because I do want to clarify some of my takes, uh, what's new with everyone? Dude, not much. I mean, I watched uh, some, some new Netflix stuff. I have pieces of some things and not all. Um, one thing I recently watched, watched a couple days ago, I watched, uh, I think it's number 10 in the top 10 right now, is uh, Desperados, the uh, rom-com starring Nassim Pedrad. Okay. And, Interesting. Uh, okay. You know, it's it's fun, I guess, if you're looking for uh, just kind of like a mindless time passer rom com. That like, if that's just what you're in the mood for, it's okay. But like in comparison to some other rom coms, it just it doesn't stack up. Like, I don't know if you've seen uh, "Always Be My Maybe." Yes. Um, with I think it was Ali Wong, and I don't remember the the other guy. He's he's Kim Jong Un in the in the yeah yeah. Uh, what's it called? The, the interview, the interview, or something. Yeah, oh, the interview. Guy. Yeah. So, like, all of these be my maybe is like great. If you guys haven't seen that, and if you're looking for a uh, a rom com, but Desperados mm. is meh, you, you, and you don't need to see it, guys. Okay, so that that might be one that uh, maybe I'll skip, or maybe I'll bring it up uh, around the girlfriend, so I can maybe verify your your meh. But um, Rick, actually, one thing that I saw that um, finally came up on. Uh, Netflix was a show that I believe we talked about a couple times on this podcast, and that is uh, Dark. That there's a new season out. Um, of course, season one I loved. I watched all in the same day. Unfortunately, I never got around to season two, and now there's a season three out. Um, I've heard from other people that watch season one that it's uh, pretty tough to follow. Uh, as in, you know, I know season one was pretty tough to follow, but it was very compelling. It was a tight story. But um, I heard season two just got a little bit convoluted. Season three the the preview because I, I know what the characters look like obviously I watched the whole first season um it does look very convoluted so I'm curious to see if I could carve out some time to watch dark seasons one or not season one excuse me uh seasons two and three now Dean uh I'm pretty sure just confirm this for me it is a foreign language show right it's it has like subtitles absolutely correct? and that's something that um it was well done to the point where I didn't know so it's actually it's English dubbed so the mouths just don't match the words, but the soundtrack, they overlaid it. It was actually very close. So it actually took me a couple episodes to realize that the actors and actresses were definitely talking in German and it was just an English dub over. 
Okay. Does, and is that the takeaway from the show at all? Or are you just like after maybe like an episode or two of an adjustment, you just kind of like get used to it and it's no problem? So for some people, um, I would say that it definitely takes away from it. Uh, for me personally, it didn't bother me. I do know that I'm typically someone that I prefer if it is in a natural other language, I prefer subtitles. Um, I harken back to Pan's Labyrinth, which was a, a fantastic movie, but it was in Spanish. Um, it, I've seen the English dub of that. I've also seen the original cut in Spanish with the subtitles. I personally prefer the subtitles, but Dark was just so convoluted. It was a little bit easier just to, you know, listen to it and watch. And honestly, I don't know about you guys. I need glasses for distance. I, if I sit and watch the TV, I can't really match the mouths anyway. So it didn't really bother me at all. Blessing and a curse. <laughs> Absolutely. My, my poor, poor eyesight. But guys, I know that, um, you know, we were mired in uh, – controversy last week i know that i was a little bit different than you guys on eurovision so if you'll allow me a couple seconds just to clarify uh some of my tapes because obviously i recorded on, on put the 60 on the clock i will burn all three timeouts for him if he needs <laughs> rick and I, rick and I, our episode last week was 90 minutes so you have yeah. the floor man like. no, so, so you know what it is is uh I guess, you know, I, John, I think you had said it on the episode that, um, you know, you're curious to know if I would have kind of softened my grade a little bit uh, if I recorded with you guys. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I guess I didn't realize that you would be so charmed uh, by the actual show. I thought it was kind of a little bit more uh, of a chore to kind of sit through it. Um, mm -hmm. You guys nailed it with uh, the Blaze of Glory comparison. Um, basically, my main takeaway, and maybe I, I didn't donate enough time to it, was that Will Ferrell's age, I mean, he's always been an ugly, unattractive kind of guy. And that's actually led to some of his more funny roles. Like I know Blaze oh, of sure. Glory, he was like kind of fat and like 45, like, and that definitely like added to the comedy of it. But I felt like Eurovision, instead of leaning into his age, I felt like they kind of ignored it and kind of acted like he was just the same age as Sigrid. So I don't know. That whole thing didn't really sit well to me. It kind of reminded mm -hmm. me of, if you'll allow me to make this comparison, it reminded me of Adam Sandler making these movies and casting himself as the lead role with like a smoke show wife and like three girl. I don't know if you've ever seen, I don't know if you've ever seen um, Spanglish, but like Adam Sandler looks like uh -huh. himself has a hot wife and like three other girls that are interested in him. Chuck and Larry just hit Netflix. You guys had, had mentioned it. Adam <laughs> right. Sandler was on a sexy fireman calendar. Adam Sandler are you kidding me? Like, uh, the, the movie, it, it took away from me because I, it screamed of Will Ferrell kind of having mm -hmm. an ego stroke a little bit. And that, I guess, kind of took away from some of the charm of the movie. But yeah, that's that, kind of that's what a I fair, That's a fair comp, though, to compare, mm -hmm. like, what's going yeah. on. And, like, we're, us, our generation, the millennials, mm -hmm. you know, growing up, you know, with, with the 90s and early 2000s comedies, those actors and those writers and producers, you know, they're, they're getting on in age, um, you know, Will Ferrell, I, I, I didn't really think too much about his age, but I think now going, if I were to go back and watch it again, mm -hmm. I probably will. Um, and I know that's kind of it with Adam Sandler movies. Me, I love the yeah. old Adam Sandler, but like he just keeps putting out new stuff on Netflix that I, it just doesn't really grab my attention personally. Mm -hmm. And I think part of it is because I, I, just, I just feel like some, it's horrible to say that some actors have an expiration date. Yeah. But eventually, like what, what else am I missing so, in an so Adam Sandler film? That's know? a and great a Will point. Ferrell film in, the, in that way too. Really good point. And honestly, I think that uh, Will Ferrell has kind of made a good transition into being like that, that goofy dad. And in roles where he has that type of character, mm -hmm. it's so much more enjoyable. Like uh, 
John, what was that movie where he was an alcoholic? Uh, I think Everything Must Go. Yes. Oh, yeah. That was that like an was, indie film. That was a yeah. fantastic movie because it was appropriately age casted for mm-hmm. what Will Ferrell was at the time. Yeah. It was like a forty-seven-year-old out of shape guy, pretty much. Sure. Um, this and one, that was that was not like a laugh out loud riot either. No, it was just a straight up like yeah. you know, some funny moments. Good, but not, yeah. good heartwarming type. I would say it's yeah. more of, more on the side of a drama than um, mm-hmm. you know a comedy. And sure. yeah, I just think that that kind of really took away. And Rick also on the episode. And guys, if you're listening to this episode, you definitely want to go. You're going to want to go back and listen to episode 18, which, of course, John and Rick uh, recapped Eurovision and also Flora's Lava. But, Rick, I, I believe you had mentioned that there was no antagonist. And that was something that screamed to me. Uh, the Russian guy. Um, yeah. I, I guess we were supposed to hate him, but he was a really good guy. And, yeah. And then, yeah. You're like, wow. I was <laughs> kind of rooting, like nice. I was rooting for him to, like, get with Rachel McAdams because, like, his character was likable. Same thing with um, the other female, I guess, temptress in the movie for Will Ferrell. I guess I was rooting for that. To just like, all right, sure. Like they're at this place and they, they've had a rough life. Maybe they'll both have get some sex. That'll be nice. I just want everyone to be happy. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't get the tension of like the will they or won't they, are they brother, are they sister? I, I know that you guys said that that was actually some uh, a bright spot, but for me, it was a, a little we- weird and frustrating. But, it would yeah. be hilarious if they that. actually just were brother and a sister and like, oh shit, like we, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we fucked up. Absolutely. Uh, I would uh, I would have definitely got more enjoyment over that. But guys, um, you know, I, I don't want to take away too much from this episode to rehash our old episode. Like like we said, John and Rick put out a great hour and a half of um, really, really capable review. Uh, but guys, yeah. actually, before we get into our main subject, um, I know that this is a, a show where we talk about you know, basically anything you could play, whether that's, uh, I know that we've had music reviews on this, but if you'll allow me, I want to just talk about a game really quick, or two games, rather. Please. So on the Xbox uh, marketplace right now, I have an Xbox Mm -hmm. One. Um, EA was doing like a manufacturer sale. I I think that maybe same thing with PS4. Not sure. I don't have that. I can't check the store. But EA is doing the sale for some of their old games. I saw Burnout Paradise was on there, which was a game that I didn't really play, um, you know, for 360. I downloaded it. Um, honestly, guys, I, I don't like this game at all. It's very hard. It's an open world where you could just, uh, you have to drive to certain races, but your car incurs damage and, and there's no waypoints. You literally can't set a waypoint on a driving game. So very difficult to navigate the map. So today I actually uh, looked up on the store is Burnout Revenge, which is a game that I had when, for 360 when I had it way back when I was in high school. Found that on the Microsoft store and I was just in my glory. So to give a, a rough thing, Burnout Paradise is probably like a two two out of ten. Burnout Revenge, eight out of ten. It, I think it's eight bucks on the on the marketplace. It's a good find. Um, mindless nice. driving and crash. You're supposed to crash into things. It's a it's a lot of fun. Yeah, well, just to piggyback off that, since we're we're getting a, a little bit uh, into video games as well. So for anyone who has a uh, Xbox Live Gold subscription, that's about nine ninety nine a month, right? Um, and for those of you who don't really know what the Xbox Live Ultimate Pass is, um, that's fourteen ninety nine a month. And so for an extra $5 a month, you get like the Xbox Game Pass along with your mm-hmm. Xbox Live subscription. And I know originally, I don't, for anyone who maybe looked into it, um, originally they had some pretty crappy games. Like they kind of had like, it was like Halo 5 Guardians Ooh. was like the the game they would kind of put on like the the advertisement and be like, Hey, we got Halo five guys. You should get this. And like, then you look at the rest of the library and it's kind of shit. Um, 
But now, if you get the Game Pass, it actually has a full library of some really great games. I feel like I might have touched on this in a previous episode, but like I just mm. downloaded NBA 2K20 at wow. no extra cost. Um, for a, and the reason I brought this up was for racing games. Forza Horizon 4 is awesome. I've never played yeah. Burnout, um, but Forza Horizon is an awesome game. So if you're looking for a, 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 a racing game to play, if you have or want to get the ultimate pass check out uh check out forza horizon 4 because that's really good and along with that you can get some other great games like i haven't played it yet but i just downloaded minecraft apparently that's super popular so i'll check it out um <laughs> nba nba 2k 20 halo 5 uh things like that but yeah. uh i'm giving my my yeah yuck for halo huge a huge stamp of approval, though, for Forza Horizon 4 if you guys are really hankering for that that racing Dude, game. It's wow. crazy you said that. Me and a couple friends, I don't know if they're going to be listening to this, we joked about Forza because we said that every console generation has to have a tech demo, and Forza is that tech demo. So much so that I actually downloaded Forza Street on my phone <laughs> to yes. play it on mobile. So uh, yes. what do I have to say about this game? Well, I will say that the console versions are glorified tech demos. Every console has to have this racing game. Mm-hmm. It's the same shot. It's just a car, like a car commercial mm-hmm. that's supposed to look, you know, ritzy and, and sleek. And it's, it's, it's almost just like, it feels like it's the same game over and over and they just reskin it. So, yeah. yeah. You, might be, you might be totally right because I, like, before Forza Horizon 4, I've played, like, I don't think I've played anything except for, like, need for speed on ps2 you know where you're like you yeah. try to run away from the cops <laughs> yeah. and shit and but, what was what was the one with um vin diesel real man when Wheelman. that's right yeah. guys guys what a game. Yeah, that's <laughs> real quick that's we just give me give me 60 second timeout for me to <laughs> tell the people about wheelman guys and it's you know when you get like old shitty games at gamestop for like Xbox 360 and they're like a dollar or like two dollars. <laughs> Freaking last time I checked, Wheelman guys, if you go to GameStop, is like fifteen dollars used for wow. Wheelman. And it's awesome. It's worth every dollar. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth every penny. It's for it's for Xbox three sixty. I don't even know if it's backwards compatible and playable on the Xbox One. Buy the Xbox three sixty to play this game. So good. <laughs> So good. 360 just, just probably costs less than, <laughs> wow. than Wheelman now. Oh, the Xbox no. 360 definitely does. Go on your Facebook marketplace, whatever you have to do, let go, offer up, find it. <laughs> Based on what I'm seeing, uh, I believe it might be free on the Microsoft store right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Get <laughs> out of here. Name. We just, Dude, we just I, gave everyone a steal. Guys, I think I might have to leave the, the podcast. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely <laughs> look, play, I'll play look on the Microsoft Store and I will confirm or deny uh, via us on Twitter at Rated Pod. I know that um, we haven't really stepped up our Twitter game uh, recently, but you know that's something that's um, under repair right now. Uh, of course, as you'll notice, we're working on uh, different graphics now that we have three men and not just the two of us. But uh, John, I think I think I think we're ready to start. Um, yeah, now. don't we have a, I, a sponsor? We have a sponsor coming up. I did want to mention one quick thing because I had sent you guys a, a text to an article about it. I was wondering, I literally wondered out of the blue because I, I like thought I saw an ad or something about Quibi. So we were talking hmm. about HBO Max last week. So I'm something to myself, what, what's Quibi like up to? Because there was so much buzz months ago, I think, before the pandemic. And I remember hmm. there were Super Bowl commercials about Quibi. And, yeah. You know, not for nothing. If you're like a small startup, going to a Super Bowl commercial, you're not, right? You have, you have a lot of money. 
Um, and so I Googled it. I'm just like, what's going on with Quibi? This is what, from what I can tell has happened. So they marketed very well before the pandemic hit. Because the pandemic hit, I mean, every, every business was hit, but Quibi never quite, it never quite caught on, right? Um, HBO Max certainly has the HBO moniker. Uh, I mean, Disney Plus was before all this anyway. So like they, came, they came in in a certain, sort of like a sweet spot. And Quibi's, uh, I guess its sell, is that it's mobile only, uh, and it's like these quick, Quibi stands for quick bite. Hmm. Okay. If I can indulge, how fucking stupid is that? (laughs) And there was like a, so I read this article from Vulture detailing where it is now. And um, it looks like it's obviously like losing the console war. On the app store, it's like in the thousands, like the number 1047th app downloaded. Quibi had to reroute and offer uh, users a 90 day free trial. 90 days that's so, a lot so john yeah. when you when you say quick bite does that mean that um there's no no episodes longer than like i don't know like five minutes from or so? my understanding yeah i haven't tried it but yeah that that's like the thing and supposedly there was this horror show that like if you hold your phone how you normally would um vertically right yeah you can see the show is normal but if you turned it horizontally you actually saw it from the point of view of the character i don't know if that worked no. or if that was just a concept it was started by Jeffrey Katzenberg, who obviously, you know, he's, he uh, had his career at Disney uh, during the, the Renaissance films, then moved on to form DreamWorks, and then uh, mm. has since been bought out, so he doesn't do DreamWorks anymore. And wow. so what, what was interesting about this article is that we have a brand new streaming service that is seeking to compete with the giants like Netflix and Hulu, and Jeffrey Katzenberg and his partner, they're thinking big, big ideas. And I just think that this is, we talk about when the streaming service fatigue is going to kick in, it's kicking in with this one. And I just think it's going to flop. And I'm just curious mm-hmm. if anyone listening out there, if you guys are someone who's, you know, got their headphones in, like, have they tried Quibi? Is it, is it, is it worth even, there's, there's like statistics that show that it's out of all the downloads, only like 50% actually create an account and then only like 33% actually like up it mm-hmm. and like actually pay for it. Mm. Um, well, so yeah, I'm just, I'm just curious what's going on with Quibi. It seems like it's a failure. They're going to, and, and all, everyone's saying it's too early to determine like, you know, that, that, that creative team, there's people who've been working at the, on the Quibi staff and come on off that have uh, complained about it. So mm-hmm. I, I'm just curious, like what, what's mm-hmm. going on with this damn thing? Well, I, I haven't used it myself, but I'm, I would think uh, that the pandemic really, really hurt this because like you said before it's a mobile only streaming service and it actually was marketed and intended for commuters right yes it's meant for you to be watching it on your phone while you're on the train on the subway on a bus something like that it's it's really not meant for at home viewing you Mm -hmm. know that's it's why it's meant for holding your phone vertically and it's only you know short 10 minute train rides and things like that so it's not like say a Netflix show where you're, you have a 45 minute episode and you're stopping it in the middle right? and then have mm-hmm. to pick it up later, which personally yeah. I do all the time and I have no problem with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a big deal to me if I have to watch 20 minutes and then I finish it later. But um, when, with the pandemic, uh, at least from the start and even still now, like people aren't going into the office. They're not going to work, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're staying home. So there's no reason to watch uh, Quibi 
like yeah. while you're sitting on your couch, right? Yeah. Throw on Netflix. You're not watching the you're not watching the commuter, you know, right. streaming service. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> from home because you're not commuting. Right. So people are they're staying home. Like, actually, um, I just because I, I told you guys like I just got a new computer and I was when I was shopping for it. They're like sold out a lot of different models everywhere because people are buying them because they're working from home. Like they're, right. they they're not they're not going anywhere. So, uh, I don't know if in the words of Joe Exotic, if Keith is going to ever financially recover from this um, because this pandemic came at the worst possible time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I haven't used it. I might just, just for a review, maybe for next, next episode, I might check it out just to give a more in-depth review, just let you guys know what it is. But um, yeah, they, they kind of got fucked here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they got fucked. They, it sucks that they couldn't pivot their their idea and their approach because I hear that like each episode is probably no longer than ten minutes, but you could have like a group of eight episodes, and you it's kind of just broken up almost like chapters in a book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like you're saying, Rick, if you're not a commuter, I don't know what what the grab is. Mm-hmm. And there's like they yeah. have supposedly a lot of big names, a lot of studios, you know, actors, actresses, and like big movie houses, big television programming that like have signed on and said, hey. We want to do this, um, but I, I even even in the pandemic, I do I fault them because everyone's home. So yeah. sure, you're not gonna you're not gonna get those commuter demographic, but fucking hell, people are looking for something to watch. Yeah. Um. I I just I think it's I think it's we're, we're hitting the the fatigue. We're, yeah. we're hitting and that. And and even then too, like, um, it's specifically for commuters, but. It gets even more specific than that too, because it's only for commuters that are really taking um, public transportation, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you yourself are driving into work, right? You really shouldn't be holding Queeby up like <laughs> while you're driving to work, watching. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you should be, be listening. That. You should be listening to a rated podcast. That's right. Yes, you should we be listening to a rated podcast thing. and and watching the road. And you're not like you should. I mean, if you want to watch Queeby while you carpool, go ahead. But then you're an ass. Like, you, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're the jerk in the backseat. Watch it with your headphones on watching. Me Shut up, Dad. Like, I'm watching my Quibi. <laughs> yeah. So, so, like, if you're not taking, like, public transportation to work. Yeah. There's no, there's just no reason for it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's, it's, I know that we, like, we just said the, the, the pandemic really fucked these guys, but mm-hmm. they kind of fucked themselves. The yeah. Time. Yeah. It was and a perfect th- storm of catastrophe. And I think that, um, you know, kind of discussing, of course, we don't want to time capsule ourselves and, you know, talk about current events and things like that. But I think that um, the main topic of of this episode, I think, um, you know, the reason why we're able to recap uh, a show like Hamilton is because of uh, the COVID pandemic. You know, without that, we would have to actually go into New York City and watch Hamilton, which had a large secondhand market where some people were getting ripped off for you know tens of thousands of dollars for tickets and things so um i just want to put a pin in that and we'll pick up on that on the other side of our our sponsor yeah let's go yeah so 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 before that first sponsor just really quickly want to say spanglish is one of the worst movies i've ever seen and john (laughs) take take it away (laughs) all righty let's go to our first sponsor guys when we come back we will talk hamilton Joining the Home Network's fall sitcom lineup comes a new show from the creators of Property Fathers and Heart to Shard. What happens when a new businessman in town looks to restore an old library seated upon an active volcano? Quiet hilarity ensues at Volcano Library. 
featuring your favorite sitcom stars, including Gilbert Gottfried as Lenny the Secretary. step and use your inside voice as you gather the family for Volcano Library, coming this fall to the Home Network. Was it something I said? All right, thank you very, very much. We're back here uh, and we're ready to discuss, I think is probably one of the biggest phenomenons of, of our young adult lives. And certainly one of the biggest, the, the Broadway show I equate this to is Phantom of the Opera because that show opened up in the eighties and it hasn't stopped. And I legitimately don't think Hamilton's gonna stop anytime soon. Um, there's, wow, there's so much to talk about. I, mm -hmm. my, my wife and I saw this on Broadway. Uh, we didn't see the original cast. So I have to admit that without the original cast, the musical does take a little bit of a step back. It's obviously very wordy. Um, you know, you blink and you miss certain moments. Um, but I thank Disney Plus for giving us Hamilton, for filming it all those years ago, uh, and then debuting it in the middle of a pandemic over the 4th of July weekend, which was certainly not an accident. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious, I have a lot to say for sure. I know we all do. Uh, what did you guys think of Hamilton? Yeah, so, so I'll pick up right there. Um, I know that, John, you actually nailed it. Um, the fact that they were able to bring this to us is something that um, I'm going to be frank with you. Without it being on a streaming service that I already subscribed to, mm -hmm. I would have never in my entire life watched Hamilton. Actually, mm -hmm. if we weren't doing this podcast, I probably in my entire <laughs> life would have never watched Hamilton. And honestly, um, you know, I'll, I'll let you know what I think of it. But yeah, this is a huge notch. And yeah, of course, there, there's a lot going on in the world and a lot mm -hmm. that's wrong with the, what's going on in the world. But uh, this is just, you know, every once in a while you see a silver lining. And, you know, the fact that this was able to be uh, now shared with millions of people yeah. is uh, pretty interesting. I mean, I, I've gotten on Disney Plus before with uh, their schedule releasing. Um, mm -hmm. The Clone Wars uh, final season came out right when the pandemic started and i really mm -hmm. think that they should have you know grabbed the the bull by the horns and been like hey we'll <laughs> give it to you all in one day but i know disney plus uh they were really trying to drag out some of their star wars stuff yeah. to, to get people i don't, to not I don't cancel. like how i don't mm -hmm. like how disney plus does the week by week thing it actually is kind of annoying right right you know like what like what are you waiting for mm -hmm. I, you know what it is it sounds awful but like if the show's not good enough i'm not remembering to watch it for when the yes. new episode comes on so yeah it's almost like give give it to me all right now mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and, um, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I know that we, we have, uh, previously crushed, uh, the Mandalorian for that because it, the first four episodes are not, um, gripping enough to make you mm -hmm. come back. Uh, that was one that I personally stopped watching just so I could watch it all at once. Uh, that's the way that I like to consume my, my shows, but guys, yeah. um, I did watch Hamilton and I'm going to set up my takes with 
two disclaimers. One is that I am by no means a theater expert. I've actually have, this is my third musical that I've actually sat through by my own will. And um, <laughs> I will say that I've never liked musicals. I'll actually go as far as to say that I dislike musicals. Sure. But that being said, I did find this enjoyable. I thought it was Sweet. modernized. It was um, pretty hip hop-ish. Um, and that's part of the reason why I don't like musicals is that you could say, I feel like songs don't really move the plot along very well. Um, I know that there, mm -hmm. even some musicals feels like they're having a song for the sake of having a song. And mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I, I just never liked when things like that. I felt like this plot moved pretty well. Um, there were good, it, the, the songs extended storylines um, and they were not annoying. They weren't cumbersome. That's usually my chief complaint when it comes to musicals. So I'm curious to know, Rick, what did you think of Hamilton? I know you're also not a big theater fan. Yeah, um, I, I think we have a good uh, mix between the three of us in that like you you don't really like the theater at all. Mm -hmm. John is is a a thespian. He's, I, studied, he's a, I studied it in college. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's a man of the theater. And I think I'm right. I wasted in the middle. 40 uh, grand yeah. on that degree. But that's a different Yikes. discussion for a different day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh and I'm and I'm kinda right in the middle. Like I, I, I enjoy um plays, I enjoy the theater, mm. I go to Broadway plays. I've actually gone with John myself. That's a story yes. for another day. Um <laughs> so so I I have I have plenty of experience. I've seen quite a bit. Um I liked Hamilton. Um but the feel it gave me was different than probably anything I've ever seen before in that. And I don't know if you guys would agree with me or not. It, I think it almost felt more like a theatrical like concert than it did a Broadway mm -hmm. play to yeah. me. Like mm -hmm. for, there's so little just like regular dialogue. Mm. And there's like almost everything is just in a rap or like a hip hop song, yeah. which isn't bad. Like this mm -hmm. is not a, a bad thing, but um, it's almost just like watching like a concert where, where guys are like dressed like they're in 1776. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that, so that's pretty, pretty cool, I guess. And I think this is the type of play or performance um, for someone who isn't the typical um, Broadway show or, uh, play type viewer like mm -hmm. Udine like mm -hmm. this isn't like um, you know men in feminine tights just like wearing yeah. makeup and like dancing and like right. doing ballet um, which I know for like some guys they could be like oh like plays are gay like I'm not gonna do that and mm -hmm. there's nothing like really fartsy about this um, yeah it is it's it's modern it's cool it's hip um, I will say like one of the things I, I guess I didn't necessarily enjoy or like was like, and maybe John, when, when he gets into it, he could speak to it a little more. was like the set, like it just, it didn't really change to me, you know, mm -hmm. like yeah. every now and then they'll throw like a table or a chair there. But mm -hmm. like set design is like a massive part of, you know, stage mm -hmm. performances and you see stage, uh, stage change every other like, scene things like that and i think it's pretty mm -hmm. fun to see what they bring out and how they use the stage mm -hmm. this was kind of just like here it is this yeah. is what it's gonna be take it or leave it and it was it was nice but it just it wasn't changing so i, I thought that left a little bit to be desired um sure. one of two two really big takeaways for me though were um lin-manuel Lin -Man, Lin -Man, well, miranda all right great job 
he did great performing. <laughs> he did everything for that show, he, right? He, he he wrote it. He wrote the lyrics, dialogue, the whole thing. He did he from scratch the whole thing, everything. But he wasn't he I'll fight anybody on this. He was not the best performer in the show. So not even so, close. Dude, Rick, you, you gotta talk you, to Becca man. Rick, <laughs> she, if you if you don't it, mind, if you don't mind passing the torch here, because that's actually uh my main criticism, it starts and ends with Lin-Manuel Miranda. Obviously, we Please don't, go ahead and I'll, I'll piggyback off you. We don't have the play without him. I, I you know, obviously mm -hmm. it says yeah. that. It, I believe I read that he took one year to write each song pretty much. Like, so this is like nine years of work in, in his life kind of thing. Uh -huh. But um, in watching it, uh, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of his acting. Uh, I just didn't think he was that good. Uh, not a huge yeah. fan of his singing voice. Uh, at one point, he was in a rap battle with uh, Thomas Jefferson, and he's an atrocious rapper. Um, that's that's for one. Uh, like not not yeah, a lot of smoked. cadence. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I just David Diggs. He took him. He took him to the woods. Oh my god, David Diggs, man. He's yeah. He he'll school the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, like, it, that's it's hard. <laughs> and that, and that, that's one though that um, I I really think that you know yes it was his play but honestly this kind of ropes all the way back to what we were saying. Obviously, it's a completely different, but um, talking about Will Ferrell being cast in his own movie, like <laughs> I, for, for Lin-Manuel Miranda, maybe a different lead actor would have uh, helped this play along a little bit. I was not a huge, huge fan of him. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he did all right, right? Like it was, it was okay. Nothing about his performance wowed me, right? No. Everything that he did to create it though is like, it's, it's oh, yeah. legendary at this point, right? Masterful. Like you, yeah, it's like you can't take anything away from what he did to create this mm -hmm. entire play. It's it's a beautiful work of art that's going to like live on forever. But yeah. at least just as as a stage performer, for yep. me, he left a little bit to be desired. The guy mm -hmm. for me who, and I don't know if you guys agree, stole the show and I think was the best actor on the stage was Leslie Odom Jr. Who played yeah, Aaron Burr. buddy. Mm -hmm. I think he freaking killed it. I think he was awesome. He was so good. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, it was like, it was like five minutes in and I'm like, that's the guy. Like, that's the guy. He, Absolutely. Like, I was like, Lin-Manuel Miranda, like, okay, he's good. Leslie Odom Jr., that's the guy. And he, he, um, he was great. He, oh, he, was, he was so good. I was like, kind of most of the time myself, like, mm -hmm. part of me wished he was like Hamilton, but at the same time, I think he had as much, you know, right. stage time as he would have yeah. anyway. So it was great. Mm -hmm. And another thing, and I don't know if you guys noticed this because I didn't notice this right away. Um, he only had like nine minutes of stage time, okay? But I think he's universally loved. And this is these were my favorite parts of the entire play was uh, King George, played yep. by Jonathan Groff. And for those <laughs> of you who don't know Jonathan Groff, he is the lead like uh, investigator mm -hmm. in Mindhunter. And... He does such a kick-ass job as King George. It is so good. Um, <laughs> John, you, you said that your favorite song in this was uh, My Shot. Yes. And a lot of um, show tunes, they, they kind of like stick in your head, right? And yeah. that's kind of like the goal of a show tune is to stick in your head and you sing them. King George, his song, like I think it's "I'll Be Back" or something. Yeah, like, that's that's the song that stuck with me. So good. I mean, like all, all the other songs were really good. King George, I was like, oh god, man, are you the only nine minutes we got of this guy? We couldn't have more. <laughs> so he he was so good. Um, it was that was really fun. Um, and uh, yeah, for the rest of it, like I, I enjoyed it. You know, I, I think um, I would have liked more like set design. I think also. Um, 
I, this is a performance I would have liked had I seen it in, in the theater in person more. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's yeah. good on, on film and like, you know, seeing it on Disney plus. Um, but that's just not what it was intended for. So right. I think that kind of, I don't want to say took away, but I would not have enjoyed it. I, I didn't enjoy it as much as I think I would have in the theater. So, so I got, I got um, a couple of responses and then we'll give John, uh, you know, a little bit of time, but um, yeah, I agree. I actually wrote in my notes, um, you know, you could just go and replay back to my crossing swords audio. Uh, the King was my favorite <laughs> character as well. in both of those. Uh, yeah. I yes. thought that, um, you know, he was like the comedic relief, which is kind of weird because like when you think of the story of the American revolution, you think of him as a villain, uh, not the, the comedic guy. So, I thought that was yeah. really good. Um, same thing with uh, the actor that played Aaron Burr. Um, I th- yeah. I, in my notes, I, I had jotted down that um, he sounds, his singing slash rapping voice sounded a lot like um, Childish Gambino, uh, a.k.a. Donald Glover. And I mm-hmm. think that, honestly, I, I know that that would be a stretch, but that would be an interesting cast, too, if uh, we get some some uh, Don Glover on uh, Broadway. But, yeah, so, so that was definitely something that, yeah. um, you know, I did like that. And I, I have more on some stuff like that later. But, uh, Rick, you had mentioned that, um, you know, this portrayal and the way that we consume this, uh, of course, being on Disney Plus, wasn't great. And um, my girlfriend and longtime listener of the show works for a company that uh, services Broadway. And that kind of got my wheel spinning. So I just want to ask John really quick. I know that you're, sure. you're the theater major. Uh, do you think that the success of Hamilton – to a streaming service will incentivize more Broadway studios to kind of get their, maybe some other performances out onto other streaming networks? Yeah, totally. That's, that's a great question, Dean. Um, I think that, I mean, Hamilton is a bonafide smash, right? There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, I don't know how they, the title at the beginning says it was filmed in June, 2016. So I don't know how long they've been sitting on this because they had the footage from four years ago. Yeah, I think that every Broadway show that does go to you know go to curtain and plays to an audience does get filmed and it goes into a registry in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a library of some kind of content that you can maybe watch. I think I think you get if you like go there, you can watch it. It's not online. Mm-hmm. You can't take it home with you. Um, I think that it would definitely benefit, I think, definitely getting people's love of the theater because let's face it, the generation, our generation, the generations coming up doesn't have the same appreciation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if you have a smash like Hamilton, and I'm so glad they didn't make it into a movie, quote unquote, mm-hmm. they just filmed the stage version because that is the idealized version. Yeah. I'm sure how many years down the line we're going to be talking about the Hamilton live action movie, um, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, it's, it's just mm-hmm. bound to happen. But in that vein, shows like Wicked, um, Book of Mormon, there's been rumors that those are going to be turned into films, Mm. actual films, not just the recording the stage versions. So I think think it's a great idea. This performance, Mm. this was shot over a couple of days, Hamilton. Um, And I mean, the performances are just, they're stellar. This is like, this is one of those, not every show I guess could get, could be filmed. Um, you know, I don't know who would be like tuning into like Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark if that wound up yeah, being yeah. a movie. You know? <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> but th- I, I think that, and this is interesting because mm. as much as I love the stage and love the theater, I liked watching this streamed version better than I did seeing the live version. Okay. 
Really? I had 200 more dollars in my pocket. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but I say that because for, it was the original cast here in the streaming, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which are, I, I, as much as I appreciate touring companies and understudies, I, it's a hard thing to pull off. There's a reason that these shows are cast with the cast that they picked. Mm. If that makes any sense. Like, yeah. Like when you're seeing, I guarantee that Lin Manuel probably didn't think anyone could play out, could play the role like he wanted to be played. So he had to do it first, and yeah. to give to somebody else. Um, so I I just think that there is a going back to your original question. It I think there should be more encouraged for filming, but make sure you make sure you're doing it like Hamilton with the mm-hmm. angles and the different and, and the crane shots. You know you don't want you don't want your audience bored. Yeah, and uh, I, I I would personally like to see to see more of that. Right, and, and my my whole thinking is uh, of course more of a it, rather than an artistic like yeah. uh, form. I'm thinking it more of uh, from a financial and a current events. Type oh sure, thing, where um, Broadway really was they were kind of a dying industry before the the pandemic, and now yeah. they haven't been running shows since March and projected to not resume until uh, 2021. So yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of actors um, that probably had to find they're other take, work they're so. taking a hard hit yeah they have Absolutely. that's the that's the crazy thing there's no work for broadway actors right, right now unless right. they take something outside of their acting right so um, i definitely did want to get want to get your thoughts on that and of course um yeah. you know the one more thing and here's another huge nod and this might sound um this is definitely nothing like like i would ever say but another huge nod that i'm going to give to the show is that there was no color boundaries at all uh george mm-hmm. washington historically is portrayed always i mean in real life apparently he was a very pale you know british looking guy mm-hmm. um in this he was a jacked uh, looked like you know a person of color thomas jefferson aaron burr uh yeah. they're also people of color lin manuel miranda is obviously hispanic he plays mm-hmm. alexander hamilton um, i just definitely think the recasting and capturing of this time period that wasn't kind to people of color at this is for them. It's by them. Um, I think that that was very strong. And that, that was a, something that, uh, you know, I looked at it and was like, wow, that, you know, I give them yeah. a, a real tip of the cap for that. That's, that's brilliant. And another one of the reasons why the show is going to last. And obviously that casting choice was not an accident. In fact, the only white actor is King George, Jonathan mm-hmm. Groff. And that, like I said, certainly not an accident, very intentional. Right. Um, and oh, he kills it, by the way. He's, a, he's fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, good, good song too. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to not sing. I don't want to sing in front of you guys. Because <laughs> <That's laughs> um, <laughs> he's he with the dialect too and everything. Oh, yeah. um, no, I, I love that, Dean. This this show, I, I I was so... I watched this with my family. We invited them over, mm-hmm. Becca and I, because um, they've never seen the show before. And like I was just so pleased um, with... It's, it's just so many different trailblazing types of things. I mean, mm-hmm. now this is making... What would have been, you know, how many pages in a U.S. history book now into a fucking memorable, you, you're tapping your feet, you're singing the songs, it makes it memorable and interesting. Um, it's, it's being progressive by employing um, non-white people uh, to be in the show. And I think that's still, that continued when we were on. I don't remember okay. exactly the cast. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was curious about that. Like if they would have, yeah. um, let's just say Thomas Jefferson's character understudy, right. if that was also a person of color. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I, I think it, I think that it was, okay. uh, I don't yeah. know for sure, but yeah, they, um, it, it was just, I think that's just this, this show is full of so many strong moments and choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I, I have to tell you guys, I'm not really a huge fan of sung through musicals. 
Like mm-hmm. Dean and I saw the Miserables in theaters. That I mean, that movie sucked. But that even was, the show on stage, which was much better, I still am not huge that, on. That movie was uh, in all of my movie going experiences. That is top three worst <laughs> movies I've ever seen. I remember John Wynn, like because th- I, I feel like that cast too of um, you know Russell Crowe and Hugh Jackman, yeah. they were like forcing themselves to carry the tune. And yeah. I, I like looked at you and I was like, why don't they just talk to each other? Like they're just yeah. forcing the tune right at this point. Like this is insane. I felt right. like H- Hamilton didn't really have that because it was all like in a rap setting. Yeah, there were a couple words here and there as well. Yeah, for sure. Even I, I love when it's so they sing the opening number and then it just goes to. Pardon me, are you Aaron Burr, sir? So even though it's mm-hmm. to to rhythm, it's very uh, talkative. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of moments where it is where it's just kind of talking. But it's done in you know in a clever way. Mm-hmm. I just don't. And then I think of another Sun Three musical is Rent, which I like a lot better mm-hmm. um, than than uh, Lame is for sure, but not as good as Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I just think Hamilton. I think it is the the style of music, the hip hop. Um, Lame cool. is was more traditional Broadway. Rent was like a rock and roll kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I mean Hamilton. The, if if I have to criticize it because I love this show, it's that it it moves very fast. Um, you blink and you miss it on some of the moments, especially since a lot of the actors play more than one character. You kind of be like, wait, oh, yeah. he's, oh he's Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, I thought he was Lafayette. You know, like yeah. you, you, that, that could create some problems. Um, and as much as I love Lin-Manuel too, I, Becca is not a huge fan of his. Like she loves his work, does not like his acting. Even when he sings in like Moana, she's like, "Did he fucking have to?" Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did he have to sing background track? Um, mm-hmm. And I'm I'm trying to trying to find out. Well, but that's good actually because I yeah. I was looking up online like some of the awards and stuff, and I know that he was nominated for like best actor in a couple places, yeah. and I was like, lost to David Diggs, uh, not David Diggs. I'm sorry, Leslie Odom Jr. So you guys oh, will be happy. God. So you won, oh yeah. God. Yeah. For but sure. I, I remember that when I was looking a, that up, that I was like, crime. I was like, oh man, is everyone going to think I'm like some uncultured like rube for saying that I don't like him? But I'm glad that we have the, you know, uh, Rick, you, you said it perfectly. I'm, I'm the, the hater. John's the lover and you're like the middle guy. And we all <laughs> agree on that. Yeah. I, I think that um, just what, what the musical is able to do, it, it drops I was trying to say before it drops in the middle, unfortunately, you know, middle of the first act, beginning of second act. Oh yeah. It, it does. You feel the length of it a little bit, even though things are moving so fast, mm-hmm. it's almost just like, okay, what's the next thing? I mean, there's so much drama in this guy's life, yeah. which, which the, I, the second half, uh, that was something that I had uh, written down in my notes. The second half, I want to yeah. say maybe about uh, 40 minutes of it. I didn't like, <laughs> like the yeah. first 40 minutes of it. I was like, all right. Until they started like, kind of moving again I, I was like oh i don't really need yeah to the, the show starts off it's actually i mean with mm-hmm. the hamilton theme my shot the schuyler sisters all the way through um you'll be back those are all i mean those are like that that in itself it was good enough to make into a movie those songs mm-hmm. are so good that eventually the rest of the numbers kind of and this is why I don't love Sung Through 2 is that they kind of bleed into each other. I know there's a lot of reprising. There's a lot of word changing. Mm-hmm. But like after a while, like I look at the track list and I'm like, I don't know what the song is. I just okay. don't know. I, I just don't know. John, you're, you're taking it right from my notes because at me, Uncultured Rube, I wrote a uh, whole show. <laughs> seemed like it was one track. Each character had a similar sounding song. It felt yeah. like just listening to one song. 
Yeah, that's that's the problem with some through stuff. And you're not you're not uncultured, yeah. man. It's totally <laughs> don't. I think yeah. that there's there's definitely like a mystique with this show. Mm-hmm. And I can tell that there's some snobby people who are just like, oh well, if you don't like it, you just don't get it. Right. It's, like, it's not quite that. I'm excited know? to see some uh backlash, maybe some agreement. I, I know that um typically you know, I know we have a very heavy male demographic uh, audience of listeners and mm-hmm. stuff. And of course, uh, we want to shout you out and of course, listen to what our listeners want. Uh, I know <laughs> that we have a very diverse caller mailbag as well. But um, yeah, no, it's definitely it's good that you know, this has caused us to come out of our comfort zones uh, sure. for myself and Rick. Um, and hopefully it, it is also doing that for our listeners. You know, you're going to yeah. hear our ratings coming up in, in a little bit. And you know, from there, you can make your own choice. Maybe it's something yeah. that you are more so in, into The Witcher or The Boys, and right. now you're hearing us talk about Hamilton. Hopefully, you know, love and trust us, and uh, maybe yeah. we'll give it a shot. Yeah, I, I couldn't say it better myself. In fact, guys, when I was pitching watching Hamilton to Rick and Dean, you know, I, I said it quite plainly that, yes, it's a musical. No, it's not your tap dancing, show tunes, uh, jazz hands kind of show. Um, and also, it, it won the Pulitzer Prize for drama. So, you know, this is, it's very important. And it's still playing. This was consistently, so I go on Playbill.com a lot Mm -hmm. and actually show you the earnings of each Broadway show for every week. Hamilton was almost always in first place, almost always taking in $3 million per week. Wow. So this, I mean, like I said, that's part of why the show's going to run forever. The set, I see what you mean, Rick. And I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not huge on minimalist sets, Mm-hmm. I think it works for this show because the performances are so strong uh, and, and financially the, the, I mean, everything's paid for at this point, every penny that comes in is profit. So when you have a show that has a lot of special effects um, that that's paying and, and truthfully told too, no one's, no one's a headlining like Broadway star in this show when you're not paying celebrities um, mm-hmm. like the other shows do, you're, you're just earning a ton and ton of money. And mm-hmm. this, this, once things open back up in January, I think people, despite having this on Disney Plus, are still going to rush to the theater to see it. In fact, I would argue even more people are going to go because they're going to say, oh, my God, that was so good. Let's go see it live. Especially yeah, yeah. people who we take it for granted because yeah. we all live in Jersey. We're, I mean, right. we're an hour train ride from Times Square at all, at all times. Mm. I, sh- I shouldn't say else. We all used to be. Rick's in Georgia. Yeah, right. Um, and well, but I'm a, I'm a short plane ride away from. Yeah, so. right. But but even then, like you, like when we were younger, the New York was just it was fast. You could just go there. So I'm thinking people in like you know in in some the Midwest like Kansas or something. I don't know what their regional theaters are like. They're still yearning for that that broad. There's something about Broadway and that quality that's gonna that's gonna get them there. So I think more people are gonna travel. Of course, they want to get out of the house, uh, and they're gonna make a beeline to Hamilton, especially. Um, and this, yeah, this show is just going to, it's going to stand the test of time. This is, this is the next great thing. This, oh God, I, this is, this is our cats. Ah, why did I say that? <laughs> like, like our parents grew up with cats. Cats ran for like 20 years. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was one of the longest, it's, it's only Phantom of the Opera, I think is the, the, wow. the longest running show. Phantom opened, I think in 88. And it never closed. My uh, my parents saw Cats on yeah. Broadway and both hated it. So yeah. so many, everyone saw it. Like it was so bizarre. It's kind of like I said, Hamilton's like this now. Is that everyone's going to see it eventually? Right. It's just the mm-hmm. thing. It, it see, becomes, I, I think yeah. I think Hamilton. Everyone's going to see it because it's like obviously the like the diversity and the rap yeah. and the cultural mm-hmm. significance. And, and, and it's also good. And, be, 
and yeah, yes, good, yes, and because it's good, so people are going to see it. It seems like everyone went to go see cats because it's so fucking bizarre. <laughs> yeah. People dressed up as giant pussy cats just mm-hmm. prancing around the stage, and they're yeah. just like, "This is fucking stupid. I gotta see it." <laughs> yeah, yeah everyone, everyone kind of drank drank the Kool Aid on that, where it's just it, mm. it's like what everyone else is doing, and that, that's kind of what Hamilton mania is kind of right now. Mm. Except I just think it's it's warranted. Yeah, John, you, um, you really did bring up a really good point because I know that um, it was at its height uh, probably around like 2016, 17, but it's very interesting to me that um, it was still out earning everything else, like even um, going into 2019, yeah. into 2020. So um, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's going to be around. And um, I also agree with what you said. I think that more people are going to be incentive, incentivized to come to New York and see it once um, that is safe again. So yeah, I I personally think that we said a lot about this show. Uh, does anyone else have anything yeah. to add? I'm, no, I'm just, I mean I th- I think you yeah. pretty much covered it, dude. Right? I'm just curious what you guys thought since you guys aren't big musical fans. Do All you right. want to see more things like this, or do you or like like what what would you what I'm would you want to see if if you're if you were going to stage a production, any production you want? What are the kinds of things you'd want to see in in a, in a musical? I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I did look up, um, did Lin-Manuel Miranda have another show or like what other works in, in the did heights. he have? Yep. Yes. And that, that was one that came up. So um, mm-hmm. I would like to, I mean, I guess if that was, you know, if a copy of that was available, um, yeah. kind of same thing. I, <laughs> I, I think would they're definitely... actually making a movie, believe it okay. or not. Yeah. yeah. I would, like, I would give that like, a shot. A, like a legit movie. Yeah. Yeah, I would certainly give that a shot. I know that also, uh, I believe we definitely have said it um, at some point during these 19 episodes, but Rick <laughs> and I uh, saw an off-Broadway show um, where it was, it was very creative. It was very full funny. House. Yeah, full, full House and Musical was uh, very funny. I, this, I had a great time. This is gonna be a scorching hot take here because I've I've seen a lot of mm-hmm. plays in New York. I've seen Wicked, Lion King, Phantom of the Opera, Triple Mission. Like yeah, Triple <laughs> The Full House Off Broadway play is my yep. favorite play of all. <laughs> yeah it is so it's oh hilarious it was it's good so yeah. good but listen you know I, before i saw that my favorite play was wicked and it was i i loved it i thought it was great and then full house stepped into my life and i've never been the same yeah and of course um for for those i don't even they're obviously not running because of the pandemic but um when they do i mean uh you know they Maybe I'll I'll reach out to to them. Maybe they, they can get themselves a little bit of a sponsorship. I know our last one, uh, like I had alluded to, witnessed the murder. So yeah. um, <laughs> I don't think we're going to be hearing from the professor anytime soon. But yeah, no, um, definitely uh, for for those of you that don't know, the, the whole premise was it was in a regular episode of Full House, but halfway through the play, uh, Danny Tanner turns into insult comic Bob Saget. And that whole premise yeah. was actually very, very funny. It was well done. That's sold, right? That's all you need yeah, to, it was to so, hear. Yeah. I don't know if this is like, if it's running anymore, where, and if it is, where you can even get tickets or find it. We saw it in like the basement of like a yeah. bar. There was like 20. Yeah. Other, that's the that's that traditional like, off-Broadway experience, man. Dude, there was, like tw- there was like 20 other people watching the show with oh, us. Everyone they were all was like, like friends and family too. Just belly laughing, knee slapping the whole time. It was so good. I, I'm telling you, it's one of the best times I've ever had with my friends ever, and I cannot recommend. Yes. If you like just like <laughs> like vulgar humor and like, <laughs> just go for it. It's so good. Very that's good. that's honestly amazing. I love hearing that. That's one of the best times with your friends, and it's the theater. It's so it's so cool. There's just something about kind of going back to what we were saying earlier, just being physically present, uh, and just like you're all reacting to the same moments 
at the same time. And it's mm. just, there's just this community. And it's almost like you start rooting for it. You're like, wow, this is, mm-hmm. I know when I first saw, I first listened to the Hamilton soundtrack, Beck and I got tickets. This is mm. how crazy it was. We bought our tickets a full calendar year in advance in order to get them on the block open. Wow. We saw it in, I think, 2017 or something, mm-hmm. or 2018. I have my, I have my playbill somewhere. Um, but like that is, that feeling is just, we need, we need more of that. You know, we, we need more of audiences that are not used to theater going to theater and just loving it and enjoying it and, and doing that off Broadway experience. Amen, so, dude. Yeah. These, um, these people work really hard for enjoyment and it's definitely something, yeah. um, John, like you had said, um, and like, like I've documented, I'm not a, not a big musical fan. Maybe yeah. it'd be something though that I, that I would support more in the future. And honestly, um, you know, we could thank Disney Plus and Hamilton for, you know, yeah. maybe not changing my mind totally because I still think that I still hate that, that fruity foo foo like sing every single yeah. thought that pops into your head. But at the same time, it, w- when it is well done, like a Full House, like a Hamilton, um, yeah. that's good. So I, I think, I'm so happy they're in the same sentence. <laughs> I think I'm ready to give. <laughs> I think I'm ready to give my rating. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, dude, I'm 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 here for it. Right, I think I'm just about. I just want to say real quick because I, I think I kind of lost my train of thought before. I want to say when I first listened to the soundtrack, I got to the my favorite song in the whole show is "My Shot." It's the third song mm-hmm. on the album, and at that point, that's that is the. It works for Disney because that's a that's the Disney princess song, the "I Want" song, right? Not mm-hmm. throwing away my shot. It tells you all you need to know about who Alexander Hamilton is, mm-hmm. even though we just were told in the opening number, but it's, it tells you what his motivations are. And I, like, that's the moment good musicals hook you like that. That's the moment where if you don't like my shot, you won't like the musical because it means it didn't work for you. Um, And it's a long show. It's almost three hours long. So, you know, you got to be ready for it. And I just think that the songs, especially in the first act, they build up. They keep getting better and better and better um, until there's that lull. And then it picks up again emotionally. Very emotional story. We don't want to spoil anything. I mean, I mean, if it's in history, you know what happens. He doesn't live. Um, but there is a moment at the end, too, that's that's gotten a lot of, um, oh, gosh, what do I want to say? I guess attention. It's when um, Eliza Hamilton, mm-hmm. she kind of, like, steps out into the spotlight, and she kind of gasps and cries. Um, and that's, that's when they're kind of mourning him. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people had interpretations on that. I don't know if you guys remember that moment specifically. Mm-hmm. It was a show full of a ton of moments. Um, well, that wasn't like the final, the final scene, right? It was. That's that's that, that was the final, I guess, shot in the whole music. Yeah, I did think that was odd. Yeah, I thought it was odd too. And and it was Becca who picked it up, and she's like, "Oh, you know, did you see that?" And I, I thought there's been so many theories on it that, like, number mm-hmm. one, she's breaking the fourth wall. And she's seeing the audience for the first time, the actual audience hmm. that is in the theater because the song's called Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story. And it's like she's realizing that this is the story, that this is how it's being told. It's being told on a stage in New York State in front of an audience. Huh. And, then there's a, and then some people interpret it as she, like that's her last breath. She dies whenever she gets you know, to old age because she, she lived way past, that she lived into her 90s or something yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, and then she, you know, she's dying. She sees the, you know, the angels in front of her. Wow. And, and then, and so the Hamilton story effectively ends because oh. she's now dead. So okay. she can't tell the story anymore. 
Yeah. So I, I was just curious. I had to bring that up because that's been like, every time I've, I've Googled Hamilton, that's like the first huh. thing that comes up is what about that ending? No, that, I don't think that was scripted either. Really? Initially. No, yeah. that, was, that was extremely, extremely weird, actually. Yeah. Now that, now that I think about right. it, I yeah. saw it and I was like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, no, uh, honestly, uh, let's flush out the theories. I mean, if she was realizing that that's her own demise, um, I think that like a nice like end of a play is not a blood curdling scream realizing your own demise <laughs> your own mortality right yeah, <laughs> yeah. no that, yeah. that was interesting now that i think about it more um it was yeah. even odder yeah i didn't really notice it even when i saw it live i don't think i even there's just there's so many people on stage it's like and mm. and i know i should have caught that but like it, it just it's opened up so much discussion and i don't know what to believe specifically wow. I kind of like the fact that she maybe is like, it's like she's stamped in our moment in time and she's realizing what's, what the legacy mm. of her husband was. Yeah, um, but I, I would almost say if that's the purpose, then why doesn't she just like kind of look back and think like with pride of a life well lived, you know, not yeah. a blood curdling scream of, oh my God, I'm right. I'm, uh, the hellfire yeah. is, is upon yeah. me. <laughs> like, <laughs> blood curdling scream that's 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 theater people for you they gotta make everything dramatic <laughs> instead of just doing a quick thing yeah I, yeah i know we're, we want to get into our next sponsor and uh and then go into our our mailbag um i i said my favorite song was my shot did you guys have a favorite song my... it, yeah it was the king george song i think was, oh yeah you said that right yeah you're right yeah, yeah. that's you'll, you'll be back. go check it out guys honestly it's even just funny if you want to like look it up on youtube it's just funny to watch um, him do the performance yeah. of it. He's very. I think you can. You can watch. I think all three songs is like a total of like six minutes. Just like look up King yeah. George Hamilton on Whole YouTube, and it's like it's like six plus minutes. All three songs and really good. It, and it's and it's this dainty like British. Uh, I forget what instrument it is. It's like it's like strings. It's like oh, a string yeah, yeah. instrument. Um, it's mm. very prim and proper. And Jonathan Groff sings it without moving really it's just mm -hmm. very poised and that's what the joke of it is well um, it's funny you say that about him not moving i had the uh, the autoplay on youtube so I'm, it's going through interviews with the yeah. cast members on like late night talk tv shows and a, a big deal was made of like his posture and his walk and then and they were interviewing him about it he's like honestly like that wasn't even planned um, I wasn't yeah. really meant or supposed to do it like that the whole time. He said, actually, the crown I wore was so damn heavy wow. that he had no choice but to walk like that. He was right. like, it was like a real like metal heavy crown. He was like, it was like 50 pounds. I don't know how. It was like, wow. he said it was so damn Costumes in the show are amazing, by the way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He said, like, I had to totally. walk like that or my head would have like, you know, like a baby who's like, they don't have the strength to support <laughs> yeah, the weight of their own right. head. So they're like, <laughs> like leans over and they fall over. <laughs> so he's like, I had to walk like that or my, I would have broke my neck. So no, I didn't know that he was on the Colbert show and he, and he was like, yo, he, he teaches Stephen Colbert how to do the King George walk. They put like the books on their head and <laughs> they had the, the posture and they're, they're walking straight. And he said, because Beyonce and Jay-Z uh, went to one of the performances and backstage and Beyonce told me, she said, like, I'm going to steal your walk. I'm using that. Oh <laughs> he God, was like, awesome. he was like, it's just so like happy just to hear that from, from Queen B, you know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I thought that was a, f a fun little tidbit that I didn't realize. Yeah, that's, that's oh, pretty yeah. cool. There's there's so many of these. I mean, we could go on forever and ever. There's there's so much there's so much nuance. I'm sure I'll bring it up again on a future episode. <laughs> Dean, yeah. do you have a favorite song? 
So um, two things. One, the, uh, I agree with Rick, actually. I, I liked King George. He was my favorite character. Um, uh-huh. Second, my knee-jerk reaction was I didn't realize – I mean, I did know that they were different songs, but they all blended together so much. <laughs> I literally couldn't tell you when one ended and the other began. <laughs> you know what? I'm actually kind of with them. That's kind yeah. of <laughs> there's, like, there's, there's a, a few distinct ones. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like you, you know, like, this, this, yeah. Aside from like my shot, if you were like Rick, what's like a name of another song? Be like, ah, I don't know, the King George oh, song. Tell you. Yeah, right. <laughs> King George. The uh, the Skyler sisters have a good a good song. Angelica, sure. Eliza, and Peggy. Um, yeah. I I like uh, Room Where It Happens George. is another another big hit from there. Mm. See, um, you're you're naming the the song the titles of the songs, and I don't even like know when they happen. Yes, that's just how like lost I am on like the that's, names. No, I guess that's that's totally fine in a Sun musical. That one's an act too. What did I miss? Is another one I love. It. That's when Davy Diggs comes in as Thomas Jefferson at the top of it. Okay, right, right. Is that the rap battle one? Uh, it's it's before then. Okay, yeah. the rap battle the rap- one was good. Oh, of course. That was this a is- yeah. that was a confusing moment for me actually when he did come out. I was like. I was like, oh, okay, I guess. And then it, I had to actually listen to the lyrics of the song to really get it. Yeah, that that's one of those. I'm trying to think of a good comp where, because some, sometimes these shows are so, it's, it's like you, it's almost like everyone's in on an in-joke. Like everyone else knows what's mm. going on, but like you're sitting there just going like, so who's that again? Yeah, who's yeah. This? And who's that? I, and it, it seems so, it's like, like snobbily obvious to them where it's like how do you not know but it's like yeah. i'm not you I, right. I can't figure that out this is now on disney plus so the lay people get to watch it but um right. that was actually something <laughs> that, I, that i had um also jotted down in the beginning each character like i'm, I'm talking about like in the first song each character yeah. pretty much said their name and yeah. i know uh, i don't know about you guys but that was extremely helpful to me because mm-hmm. a lot of times i'm like who the hell is that what what is this guy like i don't even know anything like um what's going on uh they were almost like pokemon like they were like, oh, I am this person, and I'm like, oh, good, they yeah. introduced themselves, nice. Now I know who they are. What a relief. Yeah. Me, I loved him. <laughs> Me, I caught him. <laughs> but um, it's yeah, it's it's tough to remember every single person. Yep. Uh, so let's let's get right down to it. What are your ratings, guys? Dean, you want to start us off? Yeah, I will. Um, for the reasons why I uh, I documented earlier, um, like I said, I'm not a big uh, musicals fan, but at the same time, you know, I did. I only needed to watch about an hour or so uh, in order to give a convincing episode, but I, I let it go all the way through, and I, I think that's worth mm-hmm. something. Um, that being said, I am going to give this one a 23 out of 33. I think it really wow. took away that. It was hard for me to really differentiate between each song. Um, maybe that's just because I have an untrained ear. And like I had said, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Lynn Manuel's acting. So uh, yeah, okay. 23 out of 33. Um, I'm, I'm kind of with Dean here too. And I think what we need to remember is that we are reviewing the, the film performance of this, not mm-hmm. the uh, yeah. good theater performance, mm-hmm. right? I, I, so I'm not giving my rating of the, the play performance of like in the theater of Hamilton it's the Disney plus film version mm-hmm. and um for me like it was fun right but I guess I think you just get this different wow factor when you see something live right like it's always fun yeah. to see a big moment like a a buzzer beater or a touchdown when you're at a sporting event right like you just you can't explain it yeah and like seeing it on tv is is fun but you just don't get that atmosphere of it right? yeah like you mm-hmm. and when you're, when, 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 you're putting in, it, Rick. when you're in a theater like you're you're 
I don't want to say you're part of the performance, but like you're, you are almost in the world that is you, taking place. You are, stage. because if anything happens on stage or in the audience, you are a part of that. And, and yeah. every performance is completely unique to anyone who goes. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think, you are part of I that. think that's a big differentiation between, between the two. And I think I would probably be a lot higher had I been, seen it in person mm-hmm. and was giving that rating. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of with Dean. I'm giving it a 24 out of 33, um, which I think is good. Uh, go watch it if you want. I think this is, um, obviously, if you're a fan of the theater, go watch mm-hmm. it, right? This is for you. And I think there's a select few uh, for, you know, people who aren't maybe necessarily fans of theater mm-hmm. that would still enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, Dean, like, you gave it a 23 out of 33, but... Like if you hadn't seen it, we're like now even now that you have seen it, and like if you didn't see it, would you really be that upset about it, right? No, not really. No, right? But you're like mm-hmm. you're like probably happy you saw it, but like mm-hmm. it's not like a big deal, right? Yeah. So I think hey, I liked I think it more than I liked it more than Eurovision. <laughs> wow. Well, <laughs> well, that yeah, it just shows in the rating. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm gonna yeah. give it. I'm gonna give it a 24, right? Lin Manuel, like he was okay. He wasn't bad. Uh, mm-hmm. Leslie Odom Jr. And, and Jonathan Groff, though, they stole the show the show and my heart. Um, so 24 for me. Nice. Love it. Um, yeah, I, I think that in the grand scheme of it all, Lion King on Broadway, Wicked on Broadway, Hamilton on Broadway. That is, this show is Americana at its finest, really. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. I'm giving it a 30 out of 33 should come as no surprise for you guys. It doesn't reach perfection because there's still some hangups. And I am, I'm glad you pointed out that distinction, Rick, for, for doing, uh, for doing film to stage. So because Becca and I, when we saw it, we saw it with what we thought was a subpar cast, even though it was live. I like this movie version. That is probably my personal idealized uh, version of the Hamilton story. Nothing beats okay. the live theater. Um, for this particular one, though, there's just something that doesn't beat the original cast. Who did they just? They're on. They know it. It's it's so amazing watching a show like this where everything is just firing on all cylinders. You know, aside from a few maybe troubled, boring spots, repeated songs, those are like nitpicky when it comes to the fact that like our children will be probably singing this musical at some point. Any musical that stood the test of time, this is this is going to be this is going to be that. It's kind of like how everyone saw Grease, even though we did not grow up in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting a face made at me, but it's like it's just one of those things that like they're just gonna everyone's gonna see it. Everyone's gonna see it. Mm-hmm. And this version that's filmed, I think, is absolutely worth it. And I would even hazard to say, unless you're such a diehard fan that you want to go out to the theater, mm-hmm. stick with this version. This yeah. is, I don't think it's going to top this entirely. So um, guys, it, yeah, I think this is, uh, this is our officially the highest rated show since uh, the, the triumvirate has uh, become a part of the rated pod. Nice. Uh, us three, we gave it a 7.7 7 out of 10. Um, wow. Pretty, pretty good rating. Uh, that, that's definitely something that uh, John, I think I, I, sorry, I cut you off, but um, no, I definitely okay. think that, that, you know, I don't know if it's been said already, but this will now It'll be able to, we could share Hamilton with more people now. The fact yeah. that all you need is a Disney Plus login, more people than um, ever before will now get to see it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's going to count for something that's going to add to the, the longevity yeah. of it. 
Yeah, nice. This, this, so, is, uh, this just seeps in our culture in such a way. It's great. Totally agree. So do we want to throw it to the mailbag and then close it up? Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's, all right. Let's, uh, let's take it to our, uh, our first caller then. Yo, what's up, guys? Uh, big fan of the show and uh, big fan of Hamilton as well. Saw it live when it first came out. It was one of the lucky ones. Um, just want to get your thoughts on what you think the uh, future of like rap and hip hop is in, in theater. Uh, I know, uh, you know, it was a big deal when it was part of Hamilton in this show, and it's really not a part of uh, the theater aside from this show. I was curious what you think. Uh, are there going to be more plays that revolve around hip hop and, and rap, or uh, is this kind of like a one-off? Thanks, guys. Mm, awesome. Thank you for that question. Uh, I think that the the floodgates have been proverbially open. I think that you could do a lot with this genre of music. There's probably going to be a lot of imitators coming in the years um, who are trying to maybe make another, for the lack of a better phrase, like a boring event. You know, like none of, there's, Alexander Hamilton was not on anyone's radar. Like no one's like, oh man, I can't wait to hear the story of that guy. Um, but But if it's done in a compelling way, that's, that's what makes it. And I think that rap music in particular, it is what's popular right now. I think that could, um, I think we, we definitely see more of these types of musicals. And there definitely are more that, are, that have been made already. Mm. I'm not well versed in them, um, but they're definitely, they're, they're out there. And I just think we're gonna, we're gonna get more and more. Yeah. For, and for good reason too. And kind of echoing what John had said, uh, and good question, caller. Um, I think that definitely in situations where it's a type of musical that's a sing-through, am I using that correctly? Yeah. Um, if it is a sing-through, I think that rap is a very good vehicle to get you from scene to scene. Um, I, the only other sing-through that I've seen has been uh, Les Miserables, which had a horrible, like, weird conversations that could have totally broken the tune um, where the actors were kind of forcing to keep the tune and it just sounds so unnatural and it really took away from that movie um particularly or i, I don't know if other performances are better but um it just mm -hmm. seems unnatural and i think using rap and hip-hop is actually a very clever way to continuing yeah. the, the the sing through yeah all right awesome let's play our next mailbag hello rated podcast this is Artie pencil here that's p-e-n-c-e-l-l -L, producer extraordinaire I just wanted to ask you guys real quick. I won't take too much of your time. You're very, very busy people. Uh, can you tell me? A guy's got to eat, put food on the table for the wife and the, the kindlers. I, I just want to know, is there's another historical figure you'd like to see musical out there for? And if you don't find it, please give the script to me. I can really use it. Okay, thank you, boys, very much. Love the show. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, that's a great question. I was I was thinking about this myself earlier, and I was kind of just having trouble thinking about who it would be because I think there are a lot of um, figures that are worthy of like a play, mm -hmm. but might not have the story or even lifestyle to mm -hmm. have it translate to the stage. Yeah. Um, the first one that jumps out to me is maybe it's because we're going through a rap and hip hop play with uh, Hamilton was is MLK. I just think that, you know, you've seen like uh, mm -hmm. movies like Selma and things like that, that could mm -hmm. probably translate his, his life to the stage. I think that could work. Um, yeah. Aside from that, I'm having that. trouble thinking of someone else. I mean, if any of you guys have a guy though. Yeah. I actually, have a, 
I have a really good one, and it's um, kind of similar to the Alexander Hamilton slash Aaron Burr like um, feud. I thought that that was a really good foil to kind of keep the, the, the show going. Sure. And um, that would be uh, Nikola Tesla, Tesla and Thomas Edison. So probably about Tesla. Um, a lot of people don't really know that uh, Tesla actually invented a ton of things. Uh, Edison kind of was really the villain in real life. Um, mm-hmm. He had backing from the Rockefellers. Uh, he stole a lot of things, a lot of concepts. Um, I know that Edison was in a ton of legal battles um, with Tesla. Tesla invented the, uh, mag- well, really the electric engine. Um, yeah. So the reason why we have electric cars is because of technology that he does. Um, basically what that is, is there's, yeah. um, it's based on magnets uh, moving, you know, different coils around with um, different positive and negative charges. And also he invented um, a Tesla coil, which is something that could, um, basically if, if the technology was harnessed correctly, it could give free um, electricity to everyone just by, you know, being in the air. Yeah. And it, it was proven that it's really not harmful to people. Um, of course, if you're a big science buff, like um, Artie Pencil, uh, you know, let me know what you think of that. But um, yeah, it's definitely a, a good story that if you guys want to go and look up, uh, Tesla actually had a ton of great inventions. He gets kind of um, stiff-armed out of uh, the history books. Yeah, you're right. I've, it's mostly been Edison that I've heard of. Mm-hmm. I mean, if this if this is not the year where we learned our history books didn't teach us dick, you know? Um, so I'm glad a musical like Hamilton's around. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, th- I think I agree with you guys that, that, you know, there's certainly a lot of people who could who could use it. I think, you know, I would love to see like a female in science, um, you know, because we don't we don't really learn much about, um, you know, those individuals. That would be cool putting someone because Alex, like I said before, Alexander Hamilton was a name that you heard of, but like you couldn't really pick them out of a lineup, you know, when it comes to our other founding fathers and all the other figures in America's history. So I'd like to see like something science based would be pretty cool. I'm a Homer too. So naturally I'd like, I think it'd be great to have a Walt Disney musical Mm -hmm. about his life, but that's stitched together by a lot of the songs that were, you know, um, made in his films. That's a big Of course you would. Yeah, I (laughs) know. That's because that would be awesome. And that would sell, Hey, let's, I'm I'm helping out Artie. He's looking to make a profit. So, you know, I'm trying to think of what's going to get those seats filled. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I I think that'd be great choices. All great choices by us. Good, good answer to a question that, you know, we just kind of uh, got shot out of again. And that's why I love the mailbag segments. Yeah. Keep, keep coming in. In fact, our, do we have a, we have a Twitter handle, right? Where, where should people yes. be sending their questions and mailbags? Uh, we are on Twitter at rated pod. Um, you know, we, we used to tweet out our ratings, which I, I will definitely get up on a little bit more. Um, you can follow us for content show releases um, and just a way to interface. I know that we've connected with a couple of people that have, uh, there was one person that has, I believe their own DC comics podcast. Um, they had asked for, us for a guest spot. I'm not really sure if that's in scope of like, what our show will do but who knows maybe mm-hmm. um yeah. uh, along a release of a, a new dc movie uh, maybe we'll be doing that so definitely stay tuned for some partnerships and things like that and guys it feels feels really good to be back and feels good to uh get back under the hood and do this yeah man it was fun hamilton was fun i'm not sure what we're going to be recovering next but we got a couple ideas yeah as always hit us up uh at rated pod on twitter send in those those uh mailbag questions and guys, as always, hang with your bros, love your hoes, and don't forget, watch those shows. <laughs>